0: A number of things to talk about. We've been spending a, a fair bit this morning just with uh, Nick Kiprios, his report on Dion Fanoff yep. being shopped. And obviously, we, we, you can't help but say, would you ever – with Brian Burke, there's a connection. Would you ever welcome him back to Calgary? And as it might not or might shock you, uh, not a lot of support here. And I, I think a lot of that is maybe unfounded. You, people remember him off the ice and him very yep. young very young in his career. Um I, what are you buying when you get Dion Phaneuf in 2014?
1: Well, you know, the thing is, is that I don't. I think Dion takes a lot of heat simply because of what people, you know, perceive as his personality, the way he, you know, the way he looks, um, and you know, for whatever reason, the guy is a lightning rod. You either really like him or you really hate him. Uh, Basically, I try to throw a lot of that out. I mean, it's not entirely something you can separate because that affects the person. But I look at him just generally as a player, and you know, there aren't too many defensemen in the NHL that are better than he is. Um, there's, you know, he, if you're if you're compiling a top thirty, I think he's right. He's right around there. And um, I always believe the Maple Leafs signed that seven year deal, and he would be traded at some point. I think one of the reasons it happened was, well, a, he was coming up to be a UFA, and the Maple Leafs knew if they tried to trade him at that point last year, they weren't going to get a lot for him. Now I think they have a better chance of getting something for him if they do decide to trade him. And I, and I did think they would. I just didn't know if it would be this quickly. Um, I think it, it the fact that the rumors are out there says a couple of things to me. Number one, it's that maybe while no one has thought reasonably highly of him, shanahan may not that's number one on that list number two they're testing his value It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get traded or number three and we kind of talked about this a little bit the other day is maybe what they're thinking of doing is is taking the captaincy away from him and they don't want to go through it with it that way because it's going to be too distracting um, there is, there has been a lot of debate internally and externally in this market that maybe the best thing for Fanof is just to take the, um, all the um, attention away from him by just saying, you know, don't worry about being the captain, just play. But that's a difficult thing to sell in the media because it becomes a distraction and a story. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of this whole thing. I think Finoff is a pretty good defenseman. I do. by When you compare him to the rest of the group in the National Hockey League. But I recognize he's a lightning rod and that you know people just don't like him for whatever reason.
0: Don't you feel that's kind of a bad indicator, though? When rather than deal with stripping him of the captaincy and putting up with the harassment, you'd, re- you'd just as soon trade him?
1: Well, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, be, they'd rather do that. I think it's simply that, look, like a couple of years ago in San Jose, Patrick Marlowe, they took the C off him and they gave him back to Joe Thornton. And they had it to go through a little bit of media stuff about that. But there's a big difference between doing that in San Jose and doing that in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I think they realized that if you do it here, it never goes away. It's always part of it. And I think there is a debate internally about, you know, I think there's a chance that the Maple Leafs don't go with a captain next year, that they put three A's on guys and 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 Shanahan and and everybody else just say, all right, guys, prove to me who the captain is. And I don't necessarily, I, don't, I think it's actually a pretty good idea. I, I think it's something that could really work there. But I think they also realize if they do it, it's a gong show just because of the media aspect of it.
0: The, on the other side well, we'll just I'll get this enough thing done do you yep. where, where do you see a fit if if in fact this is a deal that start, starts to gain uh, momentum where where do you see a fit in the west
1: well i think in your province i could see it um, no question about it i mean Burke is there i mean i, I don't know if calgary needs him as much as edmonton does I mean, you've got Giordano, um, you know, obviously Brody had a really good year, um, you know, Russell had a pretty good year. Uh, I think in Calgary you're kind of looking at things and saying, uh, okay, uh, maybe we can spend our salary cap resources somewhere else. Um, that's an interesting question, but Edmonton for sure. And, you know, he's from there. Um, I think Edmonton would have a lot of interest uh, in him, um, I, I think there's other situations around the, the league in the West because Kiprios did mention the Western Conference. I, I was kind of looking through it yesterday and Colorado is the other one that kind of stands out to me. Um, that's a team that needs defensemen badly. Um, they have a surplus of things that they can do, and that was the other one and Colorado was deep into Kula Cobb Kal- earlier this year. Uh, I think the interesting thing about Fnofa is he prefer- he's a left- hand shot who prefers to play the right side and i think the next debate you're going to hear about him is should he be forced to play the left side if you look at some of the mistakes he made later in the year and people were all over him there's a theory out there that forcing him to play that his and he just chooses to play the right side I shouldn't say forcing that his decision to play the right side maybe wears him down a bit early and you know some of the mistakes that happened would they happen if he was playing on a strong side of the ice so, you know, for example, like, you know, Adam Oates, who who's working with us right now, he's a big believer in guys should never play their weak side. He doesn't want it. He won't allow it. He thinks that's something that can hurt the effectiveness of a player in subtle ways. So I'm curious, you know, if he goes somewhere, where do they say to him, we want you to play? Because he prefers to be on that one side, while some people say he shouldn't. I think Dion Phaneuf is a very valuable and useful player. Um, but, you know, I understand that other people don't quite look at him that way. I th- he could play on my team, though.
0: How on earth is the cap hit? Is it a concern moving forward or not with, the, with things moving north every season?
1: Well, I, I think that the, it, is, it is, you know is $7 million a year. In some situations, it's difficult. I, I think the question is, how much of that is Toronto going to pick up? And for how long? Um, will Toronto take a million of it? Will Toronto take a million and a half? That's going to ease uh, a couple of things. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Ryan, the, the cap is moving up. It, it depends on if a budget team wants them or a cap team wants them. Edmonton doesn't have budget concerns as much, uh, Colorado does. Um, and also, you know, Colorado, the thing about Colorado and the reason why, I, I, even though I mentioned them, I, I don't necessarily think they can work is they've got some big contract decisions coming up. They've got Stasny. You know at some point you're going to have to extend McKinnon. You know you have to extend O'Reilly. Um, I, I wonder if it's, if it's not as possible, uh, particularly with them. But I, I think that, it, you know, it, it's hard to find defensemen and you kind of look at Fernando and you say if if you need a defenseman and he's available uh, you kind of look at ways, okay, how can I make this work?
0: Elliot Friedman, our guest here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. The other thing very highly coveted in the game beyond defensemen is Centerman yeah. and Jason Spezza entering the final year of his contract. The other name brought forth by uh, by Kiprios. This one has been out there for a while. Even yeah, last and I year. believe
1: he's getting traded.
0: So what what does Ottawa need, and who's, who's in great need of a guy like Spezza?
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I, I think you're... Uh, I think the biggest debate right now is: Is Jason Spezza your number one center, or is he your number two center? And I think that, and I think Spezza's easier to trade because he's a seven million dollar cap hit, but he's a four million dollar salary. You know, I think the team that I heard was really in on him during the regular season was Anaheim, and now you're looking at Anaheim, and they've got a shot to go to the third round of the playoffs. And I wonder if they consider themselves still a part of this market. I don't know if you want Spetser to be your number one guy. There's a big debate about that right now. But if you have Ryan Getzlaff as your number one guy and all of a sudden he's number two, you know what? That's, that's pretty good. Um, so I think that you're looking in that kind of a situation, honestly. Um, you know, I wonder if Calgary would be a player, you know, for him. Um Calgary's always lo- Calgary's looking for offense now. Do you take a one-year flyer on that guy? Um, I-, I think that's a guy who could be worth a look again because of that. Um, I- I- since Kiprio's also mentioned uh the uh, I think St. Saint- Louis is definitely in that. You know, St. Louis is a team looking for offense and I think Nashville is a team looking for offense. Though and also don't forget Spezza would waive his no trade I think to go to a place like Nashville. Um, they're going to have a new coach who's going to preach offense, and also Mike Fisher's there. So Spezza will have somebody who he really knows uh, on that team. I, I think, But I think St. Louis is the most intriguing one because I do believe they are going to be doing things for offense this year too.
0: What's the price tag? Uh, ordinarily, you go into a trade deadline for a guy like that with an expiring contract. You want a first, you want a, a young player or a prospect, whatever. however you want to shape it. Is that is, is the price tag more than that?
1: Well, I, I think I think Ottawa will be looking to extort a lot. They made a trade for Bobby Ryan where they gave up a lot. I'm wondering if they allow a window to negotiate with them, mm-hmm. um, because that can always change things. Uh, you, you have, the thing that comes that comes to me is the question is is there a market for this guy? The thing about Spetsa is there sure is. Like if Ottawa comes out today and Brian Murray says Jason Spets is on the market. There's going to be teams throwing themselves at him them because they'll be looking to, to take a, a guy who's at one or two center. They're hard to find, so, and a guy who put up 82 points two years ago. Those guys are hard to find, and I, I think that there will be a lot of competition. A lot of teams that need offense. St. Louis, Nashville, for example. Um, I think that I think the price is going to be pretty high.
0: Where is Ottawa at?
1: They oh, by they- the way, the uh, the other thing too about that is. Spezza has control. He's got a no-move clause. So he has, that's the only thing that can limit Ottawa in that way.
0: It was an interesting offseason last year for Ottawa because they made the move to get Bobby Ryan. They gave up youth. They gave up the first-round pick, which is going to be very high this year. Albertson leaves. Uh, and they were a team that everyone thought would be the best Canadian team this year. Where are they at, and what would they look back? Is it youth? Is it someone that can help now?
1: Well, I think they're going to look for defense. Uh, if they're giving up Spezza, they're looking for, yes, they're always looking for youth because that 's the way they kind of go um, they 're not a, a cap team they're more of a budget team, so they have to be careful with what they decide to acquire. I think they're looking for offense, no question because they have a question about Hamsky too. is he going to stay so they 're going to be looking for players who can play offense they're also going to be looking for a defensive defenseman. they have issues you know. Weir took a step back. He has a bit of a struggling year. Cowan really had a struggling year. They don't have a lot of veterans on that blue line, guys who've been around a bit and can defend. That's another thing they'll be looking forward to.
0: And finally, Vancouver, the GM search. Uh, it, it, is this Jim Benning's job? Or is, it's yes, just, it's,
1: just... it's Jim Benning's job to lose. They lost a couple of their candidates. They lost, um, they lost Ron Hextall, who I think was very high on their list. They lost Michael Feuda, who was definitely on their list. He got promoted in L.A. So it's, from what I can tell, it's Benning's job to lose. Uh, Gilman internally become, is a pretty strong candidate. Uh, Paul Fenton, I don't know if he's been interviewed yet or he's still going to be interviewed. And now I'm hearing there might be one or two more, and I gotta pin it down. But the general belief is it's Benning's job to lose. As for Washington, I think this is kind of taken a bit of a back burner while the basketball team, which is also owned by Leonsis, is still in the playoffs. Um, so either they're not doing a lot of interviews or they're waiting to make announcements until after the basketball team is out. They are down 3-1 now, so we could be starting to hearing some stuff on the on the Capitals shortly. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it as always. Uh, my pleasure. Have a great week, boys. Are you excited for that game tonight? I am. I, I don't like. I don't like the way things are going for Montreal. Uh, yeah. I like things are the way they're going less for Pittsburgh, but I don't really like the way they're going for Montreal. I think Boston closes it out tonight.
0: We talked to you on Friday, and we are all of the same. Especially after watching that last game between the Rangers and Penguins, it was so awful. Uh, the sooner that series could be put to bed, and the Rangers could just be put out of their misery, the better. And here we are now going to a game seven.
1: Uh, you know, I, I want to be very careful how I say this because I, I think, uh, and I hope people understand where I'm going here, I don't want to sound trite and I don't want to trivialize uh, what the San Luis family is going through because it's very difficult. But the Rangers were a passionless team for a while, for whatever reason. And that happened with his family, and um, they changed. Yeah. Um, it gave them something to play for. It gave them something, some emotion. And they've been a completely different team for two games since, that, since uh, his mother passed away. And I'm not really, I don't really like those inspiration stories. Sometimes I think we go too far with them. But, uh, uh, but from what I understand, if you saw San Luis on, on the team plane or bus or whatever it was, when he got that phone call when they landed in Pittsburgh, uh, everything changed in that moment. I
0: think it's well put, and I don't think uh, I think uh, you're bang on. Thank you, Elliot.
1: All right, guys, have a great week.
0: You bet. There's Elliot Friedman. Brought to you by Eastside Kia. Score the best price with the FIFA World Cup sales event. Save thirty one ninety eight on a 2014 Sportage LX. Just twenty one six sixty two or one nineteen weekly with zero down. Visit EastsideKia.ca.